0: Now, some of you know what I'm talking about when I say, you never know where the internet is going to take you. Am I right? Now, usually this means going down a rabbit hole that is entirely meaningless, or you're just mindlessly scrolling through whatever app it is, whether it's a social media app or an internet app or... um, any, any sort of thing. But you never know where the internet is going to take you. This example, though, this, this is better because it actually, I think, led me to an unexpectedly good place. I was looking up illustrations or examples, things that I could, I could tell you to relate to when, when it comes to being prepared, being alert, paying attention, you know, the subject of our worship today. So I, found, I had some things in my mind like the original Lion King movie and the song that Scar sings, Be Prepared. Okay, I had that in mind, um, or my kids watched the original Space Jam this week. So there's the song in there that I think also gets repeated at professional wrestling events these days, Let's Get Ready to Rumble, and then the song, maybe you can picture it in that movie from 30 years ago. But through a, a number of other things I could share, but then I ended up on this Will Smith quote, and I don't think it originated with Will Smith, and I don't even know, truthfully, if he ever said it, but the internet told me he did, so I'm going to tell you just what it told me. But the quote, the quote was this. It said, It's better to be prepared than to get ready. It's better to be prepared than to get ready. Now, origins of the quote aside, that is a great way to get our minds thinking about the parable or the story that Jesus tells in Matthew chapter 25. It's better to be prepared than it is to get ready. So listen to what Jesus said. This is two days before, well, two days before he gave himself up to be arrested, three days before he died. Jesus said, at that time in the future, Then all the virgins woke up and trimmed their lamps. The foolish ones said to the wise, Give us some of your oil. Our lamps are going out. No, they replied, there may not be enough for both us and you. Instead, go to those who sell oil and buy some for yourselves. But while they were on their way to buy the oil, the bridegroom arrived. The virgins who were ready went in with him to the wedding banquet, and the door was shut. Later, the others also came. Lord, Lord, they said, open the door for us. But he replied, truly I tell you, I don't know you. Now Jesus is done with the story, and he says to the people who are listening, therefore, keep watch, because you do not know the day or the hour. That's God's word. Now, I heard one pastor this week call this like a scene from a horror movie. The five young women banging on the door that's shut, maybe looking around, worried, sick. And they keep banging on the door. Hey, we're here. Let us in. Please, let us in. You can hear it like they're getting panicked. They're getting, they really want to get in. And the horror of it, not that they're in physical danger, but the horror is simply there's no answer. It's horrific. And then finally someone says, no, I don't know you. And they're horrified. That's the ending. But it it had started out a beautiful day, a big day, a day of celebration. Like in those days, if this was a small town, like the town probably would have shut down. There was a wedding, the celebration. It was going to happen that night. And how it would have been was that the bridegroom, which we would just call that the groom, but back then they said bridegroom, the groom would be off getting ready, with his friends, the bride would be probably at her parents' house, she would be getting ready with her bridesmaids, and there would be like they're just all gearing up for the celebration that would probably last a week. And there wasn't a set time for this to all happen, it was just whenever. And these 10 young women, they were out and they're waiting, and it's after dark because they needed torches now. There were no street lamps or the glow from businesses. The only light was these lamps or these torches that they had. And the lamps didn't last forever. Some people say 15 minutes, some people say longer. But the bridegroom, he didn't come. Like maybe it was 7 o'clock, 8 o'clock, 9 o'clock. Maybe some of their lamps were going out. And you know how it is when lights go out? And these were probably teenagers. Like you get tired. You're excited, but then the excitement wears off. And then they all fell asleep. And Jesus never said that was a wrong thing, by the way. They all fell asleep. And then it's midnight. And they all like start up. You know how when you sit bolt upright and you're super alert because the cry said, hey, he's coming. He's finally coming. Why he was late, we don't know. Maybe he just ran late. Maybe this groom liked to make an entrance. Maybe he was playing one last game with his future bride. We don't know. But he came in the middle of the night and they're getting their torches ready. Some of them had gone out and five of them, in the excitement of the day, everything going on, Five of them had remembered, hey, I don't know how long I'm going to be out there. I'm going to need some extra oil for fuel to keep my torch burning, however long this goes into the night. Five of them remembered, and five of them forgot. And so they did what I would have done. They said to the five who had extra oil, hey, hey, can we have some of your oil? We, we ran out. We don't have any. And it wasn't a mean thing that the five wise ones did. It wasn't a mean thing at all. It was just reality. They said, no, I'm sorry. Like, there might not be enough for both us and you. Because, think about it. You've got enough oil for five lamps. And who knows how many more hours this is going to last through the night. And there's no other lights. Like, there's no electricity. There's none of that. So you have enough oil for five lamps to go all night. Well, if you split it up, and you put it with 10 lamps, well, at some point, maybe 15 minutes, maybe an hour, maybe then all the lamps go out. And then there's no light. And you can't have a good wedding celebration if everybody is in the dark. So the five wise ones, they weren't being mean. They weren't doing something wrong. They were doing it out of love for everybody. They said, sorry, we can't, we can't give you some." But everyone must have been up and excited about this because it was midnight and they said, go buy some. And normally, you can buy oil at midnight, but it was a a great day. It was a wonderful celebration, so everyone was up. And so they said, okay, we'll hurry. We'll hurry and go. And then the horrific part. While they were gone, the groom came and they started this week-long wedding banquet. And here's where Jesus makes an abrupt turn he stops talking about a random wedding. And when these five young women get back and bang on the door, he changes. He changes from talking about the week-long wedding banquet in Israel to talking about the eternal wedding feast that will never end. Because they get back and they say, Lord, Lord, open the door. They don't say, groom, groom. They say, Lord, Lord, open the door. And he says, no, I don't know you. And then Jesus, he gives us the point. He says, Keep watch. You don't know the day or the hour. And the picture is Jesus is the groom coming to you, the one he's chosen as his bride, and he signed his wedding contract in blood. And you don't know when he's going to come. So Jesus says, keep watch. In other words, when Jesus comes back the second time, if his grace hasn't been received already, It can't be then. If you're not already prepared when he comes, it is then too late to get ready. Better to be prepared than to get ready. Jesus said, keep watch. Now, I'll be honest. It is, it could be, a bit odd to proclaim this here in a church. This is a little different than what Jesus was doing originally on Tuesday before he died. Cuz there most of the people he was talking to, they they were not prepared. They did not believe in him. They didn't think that he was who he said he was. But the vast majority of you, maybe everybody in here you are prepared in the sense that you believe who Jesus is you trust that he's the savior who came and took away all your sins and gave you his perfection and you believe that he's going to come back someday and take you out of this life to the life that is truly life so it it is a bit odd because it's a different context to say this in church to all the people who are here like maybe you're thinking in the back of your mind oh i wish I wish that person, maybe you think that every Sunday, like I wish this person that I love were here. I wish this person who I don't know if they're a Christian or I know they don't know who Jesus is, I wish they were here. But it is still meaningful for all of you who are Christians who are, who are here. This is still meaningful because one commentator said that Christians are a lot like puppies, Any of you have puppies right now? I feel like some of you are in this stage. Yeah, there's a couple of you. Not dogs, not dogs. Puppies. Okay? A puppy, now I've never had a dog or a puppy, but you can tell me if I'm wrong. But a puppy desperately wants to please their master, right? They love their master. They drool when they see their master. They want to do every single thing that their master asks and squirrel, ball. Like puppies get distracted incredibly easily. Like I said, I've never had one, but that's what I hear. Puppies get distracted, even though they hang on their master's every word, they desperately want to do what their master says. And the commentator said, Christians are just like puppies in a lot of ways. If If you're a Christian, you desperately love Jesus. You want to do every single thing that he says. You would never straight up say that something or someone else is more important than Jesus in your life. If you're a Christian, you wouldn't say that. And squirrel, ball, except maybe it's more like work, School, hobbies, family, activities, holidays, pursuing financial stability. What is it? What's the thing that is like your squirrel or your ball that distracts you? We've all got them. I've got them. And maybe it's just one thing here and another thing there. But maybe this could be a helpful way for you to identify what is the thing that threatens to, even though you love Jesus, to pull you away from him and direct him elsewhere. And maybe if it keeps on pulling you, if it keeps on distracting you over and over and over and over again, maybe that thing would become your ultimate Lord or the thing you're ultimately chasing after. And maybe one way to identify it is, if, and may, ask the people closest to you in your life, um, if people look at you and you, they say, oh, that's the fill-in-the-blank guy. Or, oh, she, she is that fill-in-the-blank person. Like, if they can so easily identify you with something that you do or something that you talk about all the time, maybe, I'm not saying this is the case necessarily, but maybe that would be the thing that Jesus is saying, keep watch. Watch that. Watch yourself. Watch your life so that that thing that distracts you for an instant here and there doesn't become the thing that takes all of your attention. In other words, don't rely on getting ready someday when Jesus comes back. No, keep watch, pay attention, be alert now because he's coming to bring you to your own wedding feast. Now, this parable is a bit more complicated to dissect than lots of others because, well, because of a number of things. But the thing people, we're not going to get into that, it's too long. But people debate, what's the oil? What's the oil in the parable? Some people say the oil is the Holy Spirit. Some commentators say the oil is faith in Jesus as your Savior. Some people say that the oil could be the good works, the Christian life that follows faith and having peace in Jesus being your Savior. There's, we, don't, we don't really know for sure, but in some way or shape or form, the oil has to do with faith, some aspect of faith. If it's the Holy Spirit who gives it, the faith itself or the works that follow faith. And if it's faith... What does it mean? Well, the parable shows us you need oil for yourself. You need faith for yourself. You can't ride the coattails of someone else's oil. You can't give your oil to anyone else. They need their own oil, their own faith. And number two is that you can never have too much oil. You can never have too much faith. And if you think you have enough, that's, that's when the threat of running out of it is there. you got to have extra. So it's November, what, 12th today? Thanksgiving is 11 days from now. Christmas is only a bit after that. Like somehow Black Friday started this last week. You, you know, like, like we, we can get distracted. At least I can get distracted any time of year. But these next seven weeks through New Year's may be the time when it is easiest of all in culture, in church, in our towns to get distracted. So in the middle of this, Jesus says, keep watch. I'm going to tell you, watch Jesus. Like come to worship like the kids talked about. Come to worship Like, it's the last time you will ever be able to come to worship. Go to Bible study in the same way. Like, it might be the last time you ever get to go to a Bible study with other people. Read your Bible or read the Bible on the internet or listen to a sermon online. Like, it is the last one you might ever get to listen to or the last time you might ever get to read the Bible because it actually might be. We don't know the day or the hour. Watch Jesus. And, and this is very important, watch Jesus, pay attention, be alert, be awake. That does not equal be worried or be nervous. that, That is not what Jesus is saying. No, no. All the while, while you're alert, while you're watching, while you're paying attention. You can be at peace. There does not need to be an ounce of soul, an ounce of fear in your soul that you will knock on the door of heaven at the end of time and Jesus will say, I don't know you. Both those things can be true at the same time. Jesus says, watch, keep watch, and you do not need to fear at all because Jesus has fully prepared you He has adopted you. Sometimes we talk about being God's children. Sometimes we talk about being Jesus' adopted brothers and sisters through his blood. I mentioned the picture once already. Jesus has made you his bride. And eternity is the wedding banquet, the wedding celebration of you and him and every other Christian and him. And he has prepared you. You are fully prepared. So be prepared keep watch and the good news is you are completely at peace because Jesus signed your marriage certificate and your entrance into eternal life. He signed it with his blood and sealed it when he rose from the dead. So as our next song says, night is over. It's the end of the night. Dawn is coming. So now let's go to the dawn.